Hello and welcome to yet another Board Games Ireland podcast. Uh, just a sort of a small mini one we're going to do this time, just because myself and Frank just happen to be at the radio studios for unrelated reasons. Which we will not go into here. <laughs> no, no, and we'll never go into the unrelated Shouldn't even mention that much. <laughs> I've already said too much. So uh, we're, we're right up tight against time. We don't have a long time to explain why we don't have much time, but we don't have a lot of trust time. Trust us, it's good. Our time <laughs> is short. I was rushing this out for the Christmas market, basically. Yeah, and also we will have uh, we've got a, a special announcement, Board Games Ireland special announcement towards uh, the end of the show. So and stay it's tuned. A, it's a very special announcement. Pretty, if, yeah, well, let's be uh, uh, let's be humble about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not be humble about uh, it. Okay, okay. It's a stupendously special announcement. Probably the most special announcement of any announcements that have been made in this or the last century. Uh, okay, so and it will come at the end of this podcast. At so the end. Yes, near so the end stay in to the end or just not skip, at the end. skip to at the end I'm sure I'll put a time stamp at the end would, would be ridiculous because then it would be <laughs> over so near towards the end okay. it'll come yes and listen out for it because it's very very special okay for those of you who like hum- humility it's um, it is humbly special <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're just gonna basically just talk about some of the games we've played recently a few other things we want to mention as well um, so I guess first off I think we recently we played um, Burgle Brothers yes we did you have um, yes do you want I, to talk us through it then yes uh, Burgle Brothers is actually quite hard to get so I ordered it from the um, original makers and um, it, it is a beautiful box I'm gonna say that it is a beautiful box very small mm-hmm. and it arrived within a week wow. uh, very fast super fast got there um, the game fits just about snugly in the box, but not quite enough. It's one of the more controversial aspects of the game is that the box is a little bit too small. Yeah, to it's just about in. big enough to like uh, act as a coffin for like a beloved gerbil or something, you know, exactly. like a in the back garden. Exactly. It's just about, rather like this podcast yeah. is in that sense. So it's, um, so we have Burglar Brothers. So we have, what we have is um, you're playing a, it's a cooperative game, but you're playing a team of, um, burglars uh, you're burgling a kind of bank building it's a, a multi-story building you're starting off on the ground floor and you're trying to work your way up each floor um, by looking for the stairs it's a tile based game so each floor is a set of tiles uh, about four by four maybe a bit bigger uh, you put all three floors out and then you start turning over tiles you know, I can either um, peek at a tile and turn it over which is probably the safe way to do it or you can save time and just blunder into a tile and hope nothing happens um, you're trying to find the stairs to get up to the next floor and once you're up to the third floor um, you can get onto the helipad and escape by helicopter you need to find the safe also and crack the safe with a various kind of bizarre kind of series of code puzzles rolling dice um, yeah, basically, you need to get every, both every row and column on the that the, the the safe is on that square. And you have the to number roll on each all one. the numbers yeah, on each, those, t- all the tiles one, on that yeah. row and column in order to open the safe, and then you get the loot. You have to take all the loot out with you as well to win. Um, that sounds easy enough, but on each floor there, um, there is also a guard who patrols the tiles, and his patrols are determined by a stack of cards. Um, after every player moves, um, you. Turn I believe we call them AI decks nowadays. Do we? An AI deck. That's all the rage now in games. AI deck. That sounds <laughs> like something on some that <laughs> section of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> AI deck. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. You turn up the cards, and that determines the behavior of the the of, of a non-player controlled character. Yes, 
That's not AA. That's just randomly determined. Yeah, well, that's what... If yeah. the deck itself went, you know what? If the deck went, hang on a sec, I'm not doing that. I didn't, didn't say the AI deck was going to pass a Turing test or anything, but... The AI deck goes, you know, I've played this game 10 times now and the guard would never go there. Then I'd be impressed. But that's just a deck of cards. Um, call me old-fashioned, but that's all it is. So we got... Um, so the deck, basically, the AI deck, sits next to the floor... And you turn over a card and it will reveal which section of the, the quadrant of squares the guard is going to. And the guard will take the shortest route to get to that section. Uh, so that's a kind of random element. And if any of you happened, if the guard passes through a square where any of you are, um, you lose, a, essentially you lose a life. You have like three lives. Every time you're spotted by the guard, you lose one. If anybody loses all three lives, everybody loses the game. Uh, many of the rooms can set off alarms in various and sometimes terrifying ways. Every time an alarm goes off, the guard speeds up and runs to switch off that alarm. It's perfectly possible to chain alarms and the guard goes extremely fast. He goes faster for each alarm, running around trying to turn them all off. At least when an alarm is going, you can sort of tell where the guard's going to go. It's no longer random. So it is. there's pros and cons to setting off alarms. Um, that's why you shouldn't really blunder into a room. Many of them will set off an alarm if you do that. Um, if you, if one of you goes upstairs to, on their turn, the guard on the floor they just left will no longer move. The guard will move on the floor they've arrived on. So it's possible then to uh, for the team of burglars to work out who should go on which floor. Yeah, I think that's a large part of the strategy that's required is this uh, uh, sort of juggling what floor people are on and yeah, it's important to get the f- unlock the, all the floors as quickly as possible because you have a much easier time once you've done that because you can basically control which guards are active uh, yeah. and going to cause problems or not. Again, the more you can control where the guard's going to go the better. There is um, one card in the AI deck which is called Lost Visual which means the guard just vanishes he's no longer on the board and he will just go to a random location dictated by the next card um that's like the most kind of wild fun the guard has i suppose he just goes somewhere at random that can seriously upset the game um just to mention a few more other elements there are um tools which you can find in various ways and these tools will help you through the game the tools, as with the loot from the safe, are, from the safe, are um, quite humorous. You have um, what do you call those things? One of those bombs that destroy electromagnetic. Mm-hmm. Bomb, oh, EMP, yeah, EMP yeah. that will destroy all electronics and just stop all the alarms. Um, similarly, in the loot in in the safe, you can find um, a cat. And you will need to bring the cat with you, but the cat can run away. Can yeah, go, we were unfortunate. Yeah, the cat's quite problematic, and um, we also, uh, yeah, we also got the uh, yeah the chihuahua as well. In that same time we were playing it, so devoted to try the loot was animal based. Chihuahua um, wasn't quite as bad as the. It just has the potential yeah. to set off an alarm because it just starts barking randomly. It starts again. barking. But the cat will always the cat go to will. the room with an alarm, and it won't set off the alarm. Yeah. It'll always run away. And yeah, it has a chance to run away. Yeah, and you're always trying to catch it again, um, which is quite humorous. Again, it's quite. I don't know what like those old sort of black and white silent films mm-hmm. quality to it, where there's this kind of caper quality and a lot of kind of fun going along mm-hmm. with it. Um, it's one Poor of little the laughing gravy. Sorry? No, it was a Laughing Gravy was an old uh, Lauren and Hardy one. Where it they, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to keep the, the dog right. secret from laughing the landlord. Gravy was a dog, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, of course, that's when they were talking. <laughs> then. 
Um, they were one of the few to survive that talking thing. <laughs> um, the so. Um, was I going to mention now? You completely my my whole brain just latched on. You were talking about the different now. loots. That's different loots. I was talking about different loots. But what I was going to go on to is one of the. It's a weird thing, but one of the charms, and also one of the greatest frustrations of the game, is the element of luck. Yeah. Um, the element. It's it's quite it's quite interesting. Um, some people, you know, often people play games. The people who play games for strategy, who like massive. 12 hour long games where you have to think through every permutation tend not to like luck in games because it's non-strategic this one there is a deal of strategy you can do things to control the guards and it, there is a bit of working out of, of what to do on that for, to get that done right and to escape but there's also a huge element of luck and that makes the game fun in that the turn of a tile or the movement of the guard or the deployment of a tool can suddenly change everything but it can also be extremely frustrating, as it was in our case, when you're just about there and just purely out of bad luck. Yeah. A player gets caught and everyone loses. Yeah, and I think, and yeah, very easy again to a no-win situation where, like, even if you roll back your moves and stuff, there's still no way you can make exactly, it work. Exactly, we did that. Yeah. And I think our main problem on that, that game we played of it was uh, there was one card that's like a keypad and you have yes. to hack the lock. And that basically just means you have to roll the dice when you get to that square. And if it's a six, it's unlocked permanently. But we just couldn't do that. I think we probably tried about ten times without hitting yeah, to unlock the reason, it. The reason we had to try ten times was exactly pure luck. Because yeah. that card was in front of a, yeah. a place we needed to go mm-hmm. to find out a, the safe combination. So it depend, if that card was just sitting in a corner, you'd never need to unlock it and you wouldn't care less. If it happens to be right in front of the stairs, then you're in trouble. Um, these, these the, the game that, that Again, that's the charm. Because the game... Actually, you'd think it wouldn't last long, but it does actually last quite a while. It can mm-hmm. last up to an hour, an hour and a half. So if you're stuck with a, a tile like that, which is just affecting every move you make, that's going to colour the game. It's only yeah. going to happen to that particular game. Yeah, it actually kind of feels like, um, I don't know if you ever played it, it, come, it comes bundled in with Windows or did for a long time, uh, Minesweeper. Uh, where if you're playing oh, yeah. that on one of the harder modes you can spend like an hour <laughs> and it's a really good game um, trying to find all the mines but then you'll just get to this point at the end where it's just like 50-50 chance of it being a mine and there's no amount of strategy will determine whether it's good or bad it's and exactly you're, just, you're just in a win situation and you just have to accept that that but that's sometimes a, the but random then, element will create a fact that you can't. It only gets so far. But if you're if you're actually um, playing that on Windows, you're presumably you're happy with that because you know with Windows you get the same thing, fifty fifty situations, random luck. Mm-hmm. You never know if you're going to get out of it. Yeah. No. No. It's a really interesting game. I'd like to try it again. But yeah, it is probably a little bit on the difficult side. But again, probably only seems difficult to us because of bad luck. Yes, I think you could <laughs> you could have spectacularly easy games that last yeah. nothing. You, you could find a safe. First go, you can find the stairs. Next go, I mean, it could be that quick. Um, it's really that is really just purely random. But um, I do like it. I like the charm of it. I like the artwork, the theme, which is feels peculiarly kind of French, yeah, humoresque in a way. And that the the thieves are all kind of oh yeah, they all have the, their own special abilities as well. Yeah, their own so special abilities, and they also have these kind of nice little characteristics. But definitely, I don't know how well balanced those abilities are because there's definitely some that are way, way better. Yeah, than there others. are. Like there was there one are. person whose power we didn't. I don't think we even used it once. I think. <laughs> um, uh, other than that, um, oh, I was going to say something else there as well. 
Now you've derailed me. <laughs> what did I mention? Oh, I don't know. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, something like yeah. You, you, you took me off track with your relevant discussion. I mean, <laughs> what was that dog in the Laura Hardy film? Uh, laughing gravy. Laughing gravy. See, yeah. laughing gravy. Everyone can agree. <laughs> laughing gravy. Is oh, I was gonna say it, they, it would be interesting if there was like um, maybe like you could have they could have easily implemented difficulty levels. Like there's not you like you sort the decks for each floor and maybe on an easier level there's not quite as many alarms. Oh, but there is that. Is there? There okay. is. It scales up for players. Oh, okay. So for less players, there's um you take out some of the difficult elements and okay. you can, I think you can generally do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. It would be cards. nice if there were like easy hard mode sort of. To yeah, it. And that's then true. once you've got easy mode down and you've got your strategies down, then you can move on to where it, it, the. There is um, as we played it with, where like over fifty percent of the tiles are like must be about sixty percent of the tiles are alarm squares, aren't they? There are. There's, it feels <laughs> like that. Certainly, yeah, it feels yeah. like everyone's. And like, there's the other problem with that is that once you have like loot or tools, uh, there's a lot of alarm squares are you just can't move through them or it sets off the alarm if you have loot or tools on you. Yes. So it just makes it really difficult to get out of there. And then once you have the loot, that's going to be towards the end of the game. Uh, the guards are moving a lot faster than they were at the beginning of the game. So if you set off an alarm, the guard's going to be on top of you like instantly. And the loot is going yeah. to encumber you yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was I going to say in relation to that now? No, laughing gravy. Oh, yeah, laughing <laughs> gravy. That was that dog, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, laughing gravy, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, what's next? <laughs> okay, well, uh, um, yeah, there was another game. I actually just played it last night at the meetup last night. I had it quite a while and I, I got it on Kickstarter. It's just it's an unusual little game that I don't hear too much of uh, called Swords and Bagpipes. Um, I think, have you played it at I all? I played it, yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. that one you kind of traveling through Scotland? Yeah, well, you're no, no, the English army is traveling through Scotland and you're, you are Scotland, defending oh. Scotland. From the English, oh, so yeah, it's momentarily uh, identified. So with yeah, the, every, each player is like a Scottish clan, and England is invading Scotland, and so every round, uh, the English forces will be determined. It's like it's a, a randomized deck, and it's different each time. So it comes up, and it tells you what the forces of the English are. So it could be like sort of we've got a beach so that England are going in to attack Scotland with like eight and so so then between us all the players have to then start contributing soldiers into their camps uh, and then we add, right. add up the total of all those camps and if it's higher than England's one then Scotland wins Yeah. but there's a betrayal mechanic um, yep. if you want you can side with England in order to get gold and it doesn't matter if you um, if England wins or loses you'll still get the gold but if more than one player uh, betrays they have to split the gold so if it's like a reward of 10 coins if you betray Scotland if two people do it they only get 5 coins each that's right uh, whereas there might be a 4 kind of reward uh, if you help Scotland Scotland rewards are always much lower but they're guaranteed that's uh, right and it's also historically accurate that's actually what happened they mm-hmm. um, they all betrayed Scotland and uh, they all got gold yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, there's also a mechanic. If you do betray, you get daggers as well. So you get sort of uh, these dagger cards that have like random values underneath them. So at the end of the game, if Scotland wins, uh, the person with the most gold wins yes. the game. Uh, but if it's tiebreaker, whoever has the most least daggers uh, wins. Yes, I remember That's the it's all coming back element. to me now. Uh, but if England wins and burns all the Scottish cities, uh, then it's the person with the most daggers uh, loses. Yeah. 
so it doesn't become about gold yeah. at all. Yeah, so right. you've got to be careful. You've got to balance it whether you're going to betray Scotland to get the gold bonus, but then you also don't want to help England too much because you're going to be the one with more <laughs> daggers. So if England actually does wipe out Scotland, then it's going to cause problems for you because you're going to have to be the one with the most daggers. Yes. Um, there's like bagpipe cards, which like automated powers, like you can try and guess uh, if someone's going to be a traitor or not and things like that. So there's all these different abilities. But it's a really nice combination of different mechanics. Mm, um, it's a good fun game. I like it. Uh, there's different things so when you are uh, on your a turn on your action phase sort of you're replenishing your troops so you can either do things like you can just take money or you can take two troops into your mm-hmm. castle uh, or you can put like one troop in everyone's camp so you're committing one troop yes, forcing right. everyone to yes. commit a troop uh, or you can like pay a coin to get four troops uh, for a mercenaries higher mercenaries yes uh, so there's a lot of stuff little nice little mechanics it's very easy to teach people how to play it and it goes fairly quite quick as well um, it does yeah it's about a half hour it takes to play it and it also it tends to catch up on you. You, you you it's one of those games that ends almost without you realising it well oh, no 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 you'll always know when it's going to end because you know when the last England card is going to come up If as well unless England wins but generally there's going to be eight cards get turned over and the last card is King Edward so that's the hardest one to beat well you're going to know when it ends yes, yes. but it's sort of it's one, you start out particularly if you're playing for the first few times you can start out planning quite a bit yeah. and you set your plans but the game will catch up on those yeah oh yeah, uh, yeah. quite quickly um, and th- yeah there's also things as like a badge of honour so that's mm-hmm. sort of the pl- first player token but that also means whoever holds that token can't betray Scotland Yeah, and you give that away after uh, 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 each turn to another player not the person that gave it to you mm. so you could make all these plans and then be given the token <laughs> and you can't uh, you can't betray Scotland so suddenly the troops that you've put in your camp you can't they're going to have to be on Scotland's side right but yeah. then there's also some of the armies that come up the English armies come up have special traits in as well and some of them are like the badge of honour player doesn't can betray if they want Yes. so there's like these little random elements that come into it and all no no a really really nice game um, I backed it on Kickstarter just not really knowing much about it and gave it a go and uh, and yeah it's, re- it's really nice it is I good like fun it. I've really enjoyed it myself it's um, six players although we played it with six players last night and I noticed there's an extra mechanic we should have been playing because huh. it became a little I think it's a balance mechanic for six players because it's Six players, it's kind of impossible for England to win. Yes. Because <laughs> not everyone's going to betray and every, the forces are just going to be too large. So England didn't win a single time. Yeah. Um, and so there's a stay home token that you're supposed to use on six players. I only noticed afterwards. And that means one player can't take part in the battle. But they get to do replenishment three times. Yep. Uh, so it means they can accumulate a very large army. And yeah. then when they're able to go next turn, because you swap that to another player, same way as the Badge of Honour. And so it means that there's going to be much larger armies going in with the potential for um, That's right. England to be defeated. That's right. Or England to win. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, no, interesting little game. Well worth looking out for. Um, um, and it's very compact, small little box, goes up to six players. And yeah. Really there's nice. an interesting um, footnote to that in the, because um, it reminds me of the film Braveheart. And in that film, uh, Mel Gibson, as William Wallace famously says, a speech about they'll never take our, they can take our homes, they can take our families, but they'll never take our freedom. But that didn't actually happen to Patrick of Sterling. They took his home and they killed his family and then they put him in prison. So, um, you know, he was inspired by William Wallace. But but, but uh, in that prison cell, he could do whatever he wanted. As, <laughs> within the limits of being in stocks. Of, 
<laughs> Millions have been chained up in stocks with a bag he, he, over his head. He could think about anything he wanted. Well, that's not that's true. But William Wallace didn't say they that. They can't take away the dreams I have at night. They can't. They can't take away my the ability for our minds to wander from time to time. And most most of it was filmed uh, here in uh, in Ireland. Where else? Uh, not here in, in, not here in uh, Trim Castle. Um, in so, Trim. Yeah, I think they shot like seventy percent of the movie in Ireland. Yeah. Mm, okay. And so most of the uh, the, the Irish army are actually the stand-in extras for those scenes where they're all bearing their bottoms and stuff. Yeah, not for the first time the Irish army have been called in to do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, other than that, oh yeah, there was another game we sort of alluded to last week and we forgot to mention because we were talking about some of the Star Trek games. And um, uh, and, and there was one we played uh, recently. Um, and that gravy dog, we mentioned that gravy dog as well. <laughs> yeah, laughing lost, gravy. Laughing gravy. <laughs> completely lost track. Uh, yeah, and this was uh, the Star Trek VHS uh, board game. Let me just check what's the official name of it. It's not just called... Oh, it's just called Star Trek Next Generation Interactive VCR Board Game. Snappy title. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this was kind of... There was kind of a craze for these things in the in the mid-90s, like uh, video uh, board games. Like, sort of, I think, like, there was, like, a version of Clue was one of the first ones to do it. Uh, and, it, like, it was a videotape. Yes. And, uh, you yeah, you'd play it... Um, uh, but then there were other ones out. Atmosphere is probably the most famous of them, uh, with the gatekeeper and things like that. But this was another one. This was a um, yeah a Star Trek themed one. So and it's done pretty well because they obviously had access to the sets and the makeup of, from Star Trek: Next Generation. Yes. So it's a Klingon takes over the Enterprise, and you're like just a like an engineering crew, or because it's in like dock space dock yes, being right. repaired, and you guys are just the only people on board fixing it up. And uh, yeah, this Klingon, played by the same actor who played um, J- uh, uh, Gowron in the TV series, who went on to become the Emperor of the Klingon Empire. Uh, for some reason, he's this uh, yeah, this guy who steals the Enterprise. His and character, wants to, yeah, his character went on to become not the actor. No, 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 no. This, this, he's not playing Gowron in. No, but it's, I mean, he's playing it completely different. Oh yeah, yeah. Just to clarify, it was his character who yes. went on to become the yes, yes, yeah, the, not actor, the actor himself. The actor has not yet become an emperor. No, <laughs> not he's still an actor, uh, yeah. as, far as, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and this, yeah, his plan is to steal the Enterprise and launch an attack on Kronos, uh, Klingon homeworld, and trigger a war between the Federation and the Klingons because he doesn't like the the, the whole. Um, I don't know. Is it the Kittimer Accords or no? That might be. I like, don't know. He spent. I've, a, I don't know enough. Star he Trek. spent enough time explaining it. Yeah, yeah. There's a good like ten minutes at the beginning of him like going. <laughs> he really went on about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So basically, he's going to be on the view screen, or in this case, your TV set, <laughs> or in our case, YouTube. Uh, YouTube. He's on YouTube because yeah, yeah I, I don't have the means to play a video cassette tape. <laughs> in, Whatever in this, they in are the, in the twenty first century. <laughs> so luckily, some some wonderful soul um, has <laughs> uploaded the entire uh, video cassette tape onto YouTube, so you can just play the YouTube video while you're playing the game. So of you can, course. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So he's basically just shouting orders at you as you're playing the game. Like, but he'll determine different players. Like, who is the youngest of you all? Ah, you youngling. You yes. shall be. <laughs> I shall refer to you from now on as Gach. That's and right. Whatever I say, Gach. <laughs> you have to say yes, Captain Kavak. Captain Kavak. That's his name. Captain. I just yeah, remembered no, it now. You see, that was drilled uh, into you from the game. Yeah. yeah so you it's <laughs> like a Pavlovian response. That's what Laughing Gravy would have done if he'd been playing. And the game. yeah, if the other players thing. spot that you haven't, went yes, Captain. 
stop the Kavok, uh, they can yeah, rat you out and the videotape obviously doesn't respond, but it means they can face a penalty and be like put in stasis or whatever. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's all like little clever little things they do that. Now it's the same tape every time, obviously, but uh, depending on what squares you're on on the board and yeah, basically you're just moving around the board and you're trying to collect these isolinear chips well, to fill out your tricorder and well, then you can go to the bridge and attack him. One thing that's to mention is because this was original videotape and it's um, set up this way, so it lasts for an hour. You've basically got this hour to do this. And Captain Kavok has this irritating habit of going quiet for a while and then coming back. So what hap- tends to happen is um, he will say something like, um, oh, you're, you're all idiots. And then he'll say nothing. And you'll just hear the of the ship going. Mm-hmm. And um, that at that point, you'll go completely crazy, rolling dice, running around, yeah. running around, rolling dice. And you get totally wrapped up in it. Bits of the game are flying everywhere. You're trying to spin things. <laughs> yeah. People are shouting at each other. Oh, yeah. It didn't help that my the spinner was broken in my copy of the yeah, game. Exactly. So I was using it like a paper clip. So you spinning would and actually spin across the room. And just to the point that you've really got into this and you're beginning to do it, he'll come back and he'll go... Um, now you, whoever's you. going now. And no one has a clue who's <laughs> exactly, going now. It's like, who's now. holding the dice? Yes. <laughs> um, the player who is... Yeah, that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And also, yeah, you collect these cards as you're going and the cards have like a timestamp on them. And you yeah. can only play that card at yes. the timestamp that's as on it appears the on the screen. So you're always watching the yeah. screen, and if you miss that timestamp, <laughs> tough. So it's quite intense in that way. Oh yeah, it is an interesting experience. All right, I, now I must try and dig it out because I do have a, a, a. It's back in my parents' house somewhere. Um, I do have like a later edition of the Atmosphere board game, which is right. a very similar type of thing. But this one came with a DVD. Oh, and okay. the DVD technology gave the, 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 the ability to have like branching paths ah nice uh, yes. so you'll get to a point where there's like six options like choose a door <laughs> and you click door number four and that <laughs> obviously plays a different and yeah, takes yeah. it down a different journey yeah. and, uh, with different video bits so it is a little bit different each time it's a pity these things never really lived up to their promise you can imagine back in the 80s people coming up with the idea and thinking wow this will be like this will be like being in a film people will be, <laughs> just feel like they're on the Star Trek the Starship Enterprise and it isn't like that at all it's like playing a board game like mad fools yeah. until someone barks at you from a TV screen it feels very different from well, what they, I imagine they, they, they did it in an, um, uh, an episode of Community it was like a, a, con- a cowboy uh, video board game interactive video board game oh yes that's and right, it cuts yeah, at yeah. the end of the show it's like the guy is like oh well I got this job offer from a company called Google <laughs> but uh, I think I really think this VHS yeah, board exactly. game texting is going to take <laughs> off so I'm going to stick with that uh, uh, yeah it would be interesting to see if you could do some app based these days like um, like yeah. I mean it was another thing that a lot of uh, people tried to do back when like CD-ROM technology came out first you had like these video interactive video that's board, right uh, yes. video games like Night Trap and stuff which is getting re-released uh, um, I think it got re-released like this month um, but like some people have started doing these like FMV games full motion video games uh, f- there's some been really interesting one like there's a really great one called Her Story which I think is currently in the Humble Bundle so you can pick it up for a song a tuppence um, really worth getting and it's like this like you're, it's like these police interviews with this woman Mm-hmm. Uh, about a murder that took place and you're basically just trying to unravel the story of what happened but yeah. you're using this really clunky database so you have to search for keywords to bring up these different video clips Okay. so you're looking at the, all the videos not in a, a sequential order but just in the order of words that you've searched for 
and it, it's a really interesting way to put the narrative across and let you try and figure out the uh, what happened exactly and come up with your own conclusions and uh, but uh, yeah it'd be interesting to imp- implement that sort of gameplay into a um, an actual sort of board game where you have tabletop components and yeah no, no says, I agree aren't all um bundles essentially humble <laughs> no some is, are very <laughs> is there a proud bundle is the best possible? it's the, my, my bundle's <laughs> best bundle it's the <laughs> the very best it's the bigliest bundle <laughs> yes but still in gen among the humble oh, yeah, ones yeah. of the is the king of the humble okay. still yes yeah for those who don't know uh yeah humble bundle it's a charity based uh thing so you pay us any amount you want for a bundle of games and ah, okay. you can commit a certain amount of that money you pay towards a charity as well. That's locked then in. Then the hopeful bundle or something <laughs> would have been better for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, de- I definitely did that. I'd recommend her story as a, a, an FMV board game. I, 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 or an FMV video game. Uh, you can get it on just iPad as well if you have it's on I iOS. Think an app based, I think an app-based thing would be very promising. Mm-hmm. You can certainly yeah, because a lot of the app-based stuff is kind of dull so far. I was hoping, mm. I was hoping for more from Mansions of Madness, and I'm going to try Mansions of Madness again this week, the second edition with the app. Okay. Uh, but I thought they could have done a lot more with the app. I quite like oh, yeah. the sound effects mm-hmm. and things on mm-hmm. there. I I didn't like the app on um, uh, what's it called? Icom, I Xcom, uh, oh Xcom, yeah, yeah. Icom, that was the <laughs> before Xcom, yeah. I didn't like that because that's basically like the app plays you. You really got not much to do in the game except the app key. Mm. keeps telling you what to do which is not the way it should be I do like the app in um, Alchemists okay no I haven't played that 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 works very nicely because the app in there basically does all the boring bits for you which is what an app should do Uh, so yeah yeah so sticking with the team of like um, yeah both video games and television shows from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a, uh, there's a, there was a video game released, I think it's about five or six years ago now, called Deadly Premonition. Uh, really interesting game. It's both probably the best game ever made and probably the worst game ever made. It's quite, quite a, um, um, a, 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 what do you call that? It's polarized? Polarized, yes. I think, yeah, actually, it's in the Guinness Book of Records for the most polarized <laughs> received. I'm not even joking. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the reviews well, the most- are so... Yeah, the it, most polarised yeah. ever uh, wait let me say, check that up like, I mean, wouldn't that be like the North and South Pole they're pretty polarised I can't think uh, of anything more polarised than the North and South Pole Deadly Premonition Guinness record Guinness <laughs> yes yes it's, it's exactly the word Deadly Premonition has the Guinness world record for being the most critically polarising survival horror game Really a hotly contested record that one yeah it is yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah so it, okay. it, it, it's it's hard to describe but fundamentally it's basically a video game of Twin Peaks but, like it's yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. it's as close as it can get without like serious lawsuits <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah it's a small town in, in the woodlands of mountains and stuff in America somewhere and uh, you're an FBI agent who talks to himself uh, no he talks to uh, it, another character called Kenneth or something. No, Zach. He goes, Zach. Yeah, yeah, he talks to Zach now. Yeah, so it, it, in it's in the same way as like uh, Agent Cooper like talks to Diane, he's talking to Zach. Yes, in uh, a softly spoken, mm-hmm. intelligent, thought out, thoughtful way, yeah. he tends to comment on his surroundings. And like the prom queen has been, homecoming queen has been murdered. and That's all the big these, mystery. Yes, and there's all these weird quirky characters in the town. But that's where it's really beautiful because yeah, it is interesting because it's almost like this living town and like all the characters have like their own daily schedule so you can go to see where they go for lunch and okay. go and visit them at lunch they're all in different locations at home they all go about their own daily business as you go about your business and it's like this like open world you hop in your car and drive anywhere you want yes. Greendale I believe is the name 
the town. Uh, and that stuff's really interesting. But unfortunately, I think it might have been studio pressure saying, no, you got to put like gunplay in there. And so there's like these really tiresome shooting sections. Ah. I go on forever and if those things were taken out it's it's a really good really yeah. charming game and a really interesting storyline and it is unique enough from the Twin Peaks storyline to be really really good on its own right yeah. just it's heavily influenced by uh, Twin Peaks but I wouldn't call it a rip off because it's really good as well uh, okay. and yeah it's made by this guy called Sweary who's quite an interesting uh, game developer uh, but yeah the reason I'm talking about this though <laughs> uh, not just because yeah Twin Peaks has just come back on our air so it's kind of popular um, yeah there's a Kickstarter on for a Deadly Premonition board game tabletop game uh, and it looks really interesting it's sort of uh, so it's like four player one player is like secretly the killer the raincoat killer is the name of the killer um, and yeah you just don't know who it is and you're so you do these like investigation and find out who it is you're eliminating uh, yeah. suspects and there's like evidence based battles with other players you have mm-hmm. where I think where you're playing cards and eliminating cards as you go so it's quite fast paced but it looks really, really interesting that's on Kickstarter right now you can check it out uh, I think it's got another uh, probably when this goes up you might have another 10 days or so left on it um, It it's pa- already past its goal so it should be good it would be nice if it can get to 150,000 on its goal because then there's a nice uh, stretch award stretch goal like stretch goal will, stretch goal that will be hit um, so yeah yeah just it pairs some recommendation for me just because anything sweary based I think is just great and uh, I just love that deadly premonition world and I'm glad that there's some more stuff being done with it uh, also, actually, yeah, speaking of, I did look up to see if there was actually a Twin Peaks game made, like, back in the day, and there was one made. Um, but you looked that up before this podcast. You didn't do the... There's no more live Googling. No, 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 okay. no. So I, I am slightly prepared for to talk about this. Uh, but, yeah, it, it looks a bit naff. Very sort of primitive sort of board game that you get. It looks like they were trying to do something interesting, but maybe ran out of time. Um mm-hmm. Like, but uh, what what the total game just comes to is like a collectathon. So, for some reason, in order to crack the case of who killed Laura Palmer, <laughs> uh, you have to collect donuts. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, so yeah, I think you have to get twelve donuts, or maybe it's a baker's dozen of thirteen. Um, right. And but if you land on the morgue square, you lose your donuts. Why? Because the dead eat them? I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're like, Ugh, my donut was too close to a corpse. I can't eat it anymore. <laughs> um, but then you're also collecting um, uh, cards which have different um, characters from the town. Yes. And you need to get like four a matching a set of four. But not all of them have all the cards. So you could be wasting your time collecting James Hurley. <laughs> like if you're an idiot because uh, he's the worst character in the whole series uh, um, and uh, yeah you, but there's only like two of those cards ah. and there's sort of a trading mechanic where you land on a square and you can tra- swap cards with another player but yeah you could be swapping cards out trying to get your full James Hurley set uh, but that doesn't exist it does, uh, sound, it does sound ever so slightly pasted on but yeah, other than that, you're just rolling dice, moving around the track on a board. Yeah. Uh, you also have to get these uh, pentagram pieces, five pentagram pieces. Oh, uh, come to on, s- Assemble them to make up the word Bob. Uh, <laughs> they clearly had the game first uh, and the theme after. Yeah. I think. Uh, it's kind of, but it does look, they made a little bit of effort in the team, I guess. But uh, like, this, they, like the rule book is the FBI field agent's handbook and uh, well, yeah, things like okay. that are kind of cute. But apparently it's just riddled with typos and uh, <laughs> characters with the wrong names and stuff like that. And then like, yeah, to get those pentagram pieces is really difficult because you have to move to an inner track where um, all the squares are just like um, uh, suites from cards. 
cartoon oh, yes. site and you, each one will give you one of the pentagram pieces but you have to keep moving around until you get all of them and it's just really frustrating apparently it just takes forever because you've got huh. also collecting your donuts and your cards <laughs> and your pentagram pieces in order to crack the case to see who Bob is possessing um, yeah, it doesn't sound like a whole bundle of fun no 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 I, I need it there's a nice, nice little review I read up on uh, Board Game Geek but um, uh, the person looks like they were trying to figure it out because a rule book is a bit unusual and you're not it's like it's almost like is the game trolling you as well as like a weird thing or is it just badly designed hmm. like there's a square that you land on it says go directly to the, to the lumber mill and yeah. the lumber mill is the next square yeah okay. so it might as well just be one square <laughs> <laughs> that might as well be the lumber mill square you land on um, so yeah there's this weird little stuff like that you're like is, is the game just being deliberately weird and uh, maybe it strange is, you know, but yeah. or no but it's more likely it's just like they have never play tested it <laughs> yes uh, and they were on a deadline uh, like the show had been cancelled and it's like shit hurry get it out <laughs> uh, so yeah yeah that's uh, yeah and again yeah I think it's well out of print so it comes up on eBay now and then mm-hmm. that's about it and it's not even on eBay currently I couldn't see any copies of it uh, but yeah, yeah it's Twin Peaks board game so yeah but and Twin Peaks is back uh, and you should watch it I watched the first episode and it was very good and I'm glad it's back and I'm glad I'm glad there's more David Lynch content available yeah <laughs> for the first time in a long time I concur me too um, so yeah I think we're uh, do you unless you have anything else you want to talk about we can do our special announcement I think we should just do the special announcement okay okay um, super special announcement coming up <laughs> any minute now so yeah I, yeah so what 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 we're doing is we are now going to host our very own uh board game convention here in dublin um and it will be on the august bank holiday weekend so this is going to be bg icon uh, or BiggieCon, as mm-hmm. I affectionately call it, BiggieCon. Yeah, BiggieCon, uh, of course. And so, yeah, this is August Bank Holiday weekend, so it will have the. It'll be on the Saturday, the fifth of August, and a location is in the Teachers Club, which is on Parnell Square in Dublin One. So, very, not really nice and central. Uh, they've got a full bar there as well, with drinks, and you can buy food there as well. If not, you can go out. There's plenty of like really nice restaurants around the area as well. I recommend the Kimchi Hop House, which is really absolutely good, really good. Uh, and one, one for seven deli <laughs> for takeaway sandwiches. Yes. Yeah, a lot of great places to eat for uh, today. Uh, so, yeah, basically, uh, we have this very large room um, booked out. It's big, it's bright, there's no music, and we'll have plenty of, like, large tables I'll deal for uh, gaming and yes, and everything there. A few little special events we might have planned as well for the day, so uh, we'll la- announce those a little closer today, but you can imagine we'll probably have something like a raffle, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> One would, would hope. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah the cost actually because yeah it costs money to organise and run and book the room <laughs> for, <laughs> for a full day uh, it's going to be 12 euro just to get entrance for the whole day but for by, by the whole day how yeah. long do you mean um, yeah yeah, we'll be starting at 11 o'clock in the morning and basically till very late yeah like past like pub closing time so it'll be quite late great um and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have like a large selection of games there, obviously, to that you can take and borrow. And uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean you just can't like just bring your own games as is regular at our, at our meetups. We so, might have a we might have a bit of a buy and sell. Yeah, you know, yeah, trading exactly. Games. We'll do something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So that's BiggieCon, BGICon. Uh, BGI, all- by the way, isn't just made up. Um, it sounds like a firm of painters and decorators, but it's basically. Board Games Ireland. Board Games so Ireland. So this is BGI Board Games Ireland com, and it's right here in Dublin. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> you've got no excuse unless you live in Tierra del Fuego. 
Yes. So, um, yeah, and it's just like pure board gaming as well. Uh, we're not going to get into like RPGs or war games and things like that. No, we, we just want to keep it nice and pure, just what we're good at, keeping it simple. Uh, so that's BiggieCon, and it's on August 5th, 2017, uh, Bank Holiday Weekend in the Teachers Club, Parnell Square, and it's €12 Euro per ticket. So we'll have an announcement up on the website with more details and how you can purchase tickets and things like that. But yeah, just to let you know that that's something we're doing right now. Uh, and then, yeah, we probably should mention as well, because the other really cool board gaming convention, NaveCon, is on the... Is it the following month? Um, yes, it's in September, isn't it? Yeah, so let me just double-check the next date for NaveCon. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, NaveCon. This is NaveCon 10. He's already done 10. Wow. Uh, so this is, yeah, again, as usual, on in Castle Troy, uh, uh, Park Hotel in Limerick. And it's the 2nd of September. Yep. And yeah, so yeah, usually we do, we'll do a, a road trip down and see who wants to go down. We should hotel. Just go down. Um, and it's just in Limerick, so you've got no excuse. No excuse, yes. If you live in Limerick. Oh, yeah. And just one other thing I remembered. Um, our friends over at IGA, they are hosting a uh, pub quiz. And depending on when you're listening to this podcast, uh, you may still have time to attend. So it, they're having a, a, a charity fundraising uh, pub quiz on the 27th of May. So that's Saturday, the 27th of May in Robert Reed's where they host their meetups. Um, it's 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 to raise money for the Rape Crisis Network as well. So it's for a good cause. And uh, yeah, we'll be there. And then, yeah, I'm going to yeah, we'll be. Uh, donating a prize as well for our raffle on the night so it should be good fun we're going to try and get a table together anyway hopefully more than one on the night so yeah if you're interested in going along to that and you've listened to this podcast in time to get tickets and go to it then that's in Robert Reed's on Saturday the 27th of May and uh, fundraising pub quiz and yeah they have like um, they'll have like uh, social games beforehand from half five and then the quiz itself starts at seven o'clock so a table of four costs 40 euro and so that's the IGA pub quiz fundraising it's called uh, Geek Out and Speak Out the geeky quiz for the Rape Crisis Network Ireland uh, okay so that's basically all it for this sort of mini one um, we should be back soon I think because I have some other people who lined up who want to come on the podcast so uh, outside uh, not right now not right now next time we do one we have more people who want to take part okay and we'll line them up yes good I like it when we line people up um, so yeah um that's all for me, and that's all from you, Frank, I'm guessing. That's that is all for me, yes. Yeah, you yes. guessed correctly. Oh, okay. So thanks for listening, um, and yeah, we'll talk to you again next time. <laughs>